0: Welcome back to Many Windows, the podcast about education for everyone who cares about education. My name is John Cassie. I'm joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-host.
1: Jennifer McLemory. Hi, John. Good to see you. Hi,
0: Jennifer. It is uh, good to see you as well. You're in your office.
1: I am. I was going to try and get out of work in time to get home for this. Uh, It didn't happen.
0: It is the nature of the time we're living in, isn't it? It's true. Right. And that, friends, is a, a, a way to introduce what we're doing now. Now, you know that if you've been listening to Many Windows, that we're a podcast, frankly, we've specialized in longer form storytelling about issues that relate to, uh, to all manner of topics in education. And the second season has featured very long form uh, work on the issues and needs of transgender students in, uh, in, our, in our schools. Uh, But Jennifer and I are mindful that this is an unusual time. We're recording this uh, on August 21st, 2020. And we we said we ought to start bringing some of our friends, colleagues, parents, maybe some students into the conversation to talk about how being in education, being educated in the age of the COVID-19 pandemic is shaping the way that people are experiencing schools. And to that end, Jennifer and I have invited one of our oldest educator friends, a dear, dear friend with whom uh, we we earned our doctorates together, uh, Hannah Bennett, the head of school at Briskin Elementary School, a Reform Jewish elementary school in Los Angeles. Hannah Bennett, welcome to Many Windows.
2: Hi, guys. How
1: are you?
0: It's Hi, Hannah. We're glad here. to
1: finally have you on. We've been yeah. wanting to- have you on for a while, but you're just so busy, we never can get a hold of you.
2: It is a busy time in education, as you well know.
0: Right, right. Uh, Hannah's in her first year as being head of school at Breskin, right, Hannah?
2: It is my first year. It's right. my second month.
0: Your second month, wow. Second and month. now you've been in that community for a long time though, right?
2: Yes. I was the principal before I became head of school.
0: Yeah. So so you've got you've you've got a community that that understands you, knows you, uh, you know, can place a certain high level of trust in you because they've seen you make decisions. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering as we sort of inaugurate this series of podcasts, weekly podcasts about the experience of being in schools, share with us an, an aspect of your professional life that has been, shaped in ways you maybe you didn't anticipate by the work you've had to do to get your community ready to be a community of learners in this time.
1: And I think really quick, Hannah, before you uh, before you say anything, John buried the lead on this. We really want to talk about what it's like to be working in schools during this pandemic. Ah. right? Where, I don't know that you even said that, John, but we're all living it and feeling it in this moment. But of course, this is recorded and someone may be uh, tuning into this, you know, a a year or two down the road. But so often we're we're recording these months ahead of time and before they actually air. And what we wanted to do is do this shorter form so that we can address uh, just the experience of living in this pandemic and being um leaders of schools and just all the things we're kind of going through and how we're navigating it and by having these more frequent shorter uh interviews with people we want to collect a lot of experiences and we just want to kind of talk about it a little bit i don't know if you guys have had this feeling of like watching tv or reading books and it's like how come they're not wearing face masks or oh do you remember when uh you know we got to go out to dinner and do those kind of things um especially for us in Los Angeles who you know are really still um, under a lot of restrictions so just to preface that sorry Hannah I interrupted what you were about to say but that's really what we just want to talk about today and particularly I think for you becoming a head of school in this time you know what are some of the challenges you faced and just you know what's what's it like right now for you
2: Well, I think the thing that sticks out most to me just looking at the Zoom screen right now is you guys might notice I'm in my garage (laughs) and I've been running a school from my garage um, since March and it still is shocking to me and we're going to open school on Monday for the new school year and on Monday we'll be on campus handing out supplies to all of our students. But then on Tuesday, I'll be back in my garage and all of my teachers will be working remotely and all of our kids will be at home. Um, And I know, Jennifer, you're working at a middle school and John, you're at a K-12 school, but I'm in elementary school and it is still just mind boggling to me that that I have kindergartners at home um, on a computer screen learning to read and write um, over Zoom and there are certainly many challenges, but when we look back at what we did March through June, we successfully taught kindergartners and first graders how to read and write and do math over Zoom. Um, and so that's one of the many things that's just crazy about this time is that we're working remotely. If there's one thing I never thought we would do as educators is work from home. And we've been working from home now for months.
0: Right. In a in a sustained like one day at a time maybe, right? But in a sustained way, yeah. And really not being sure at the start of the process. Hey, do we have the right pedagogical framework in mind to actually make sure that our kids are going to be able to learn reading, arithmetical skills, mathematical reasoning, what have you? And you feel confident, good about the 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 March through June period. Sounds like.
2: I think we did as well as we possibly could have Um, and we for sure the philosophy of our school really is one of making sure that our practices are developmentally appropriate looking at the whole child. our curriculum is infused with academic rigor, but our goal in kindergarten and first grade is not to have just readers, writers, and mathematicians. We're really looking at kids who are well-rounded, um, who you know learn from play who uh, developed strong emotional intelligence. Um, and so at the end of kindergarten, we're not looking at producing readers. So what was interesting is at the end of kindergarten on Zoom, we actually had stronger readers than we typically have um, at the end of a kindergarten year in normal life, right? Yeah. Um, so it was it was interesting to see what happened when we transitioned to online learning, because there were some things that that, We didn't necessarily figure out how to translate as well and other things that we could focus on that normally we wouldn't focus on. Um, And we're still figuring out over the summer, teachers really haven't had a break. Um, They haven't been teaching necessarily, but they certainly haven't stopped working on how to teach. And for the past two weeks, teachers have been not on campus, but back on the screen hard at work figuring out exactly what learning's gonna look like when we return to school next week, and really figuring out how to take best practices, something that I don't think we really even thought of when we pivoted to online learning in the spring, and how best to teach, not just the reading and writing and math, but also looking at different um, SEL programs and how to teach all of the other things. And even though we did what I think was a really good job of online learning in the spring, we're now looking at how we start a school year remotely, right? We, we figured out how to finish up a school year, but we're now, that was kindergartners who had had two-thirds of the year under their belt in person. <laughs> so now what does the start of a kindergarten year look like when it's happening remotely?
0: Is um, is it your sense that the takeaways, the learning from the wrapping the year up sort of directly apply to some of the questions about opening or is it, we're talking a lot about how do we create community when it hasn't already been established. So I, I think anyone listening would be keen to hear what you think you've got set that's gonna really work
2: it's really really clear to me that our number one priority is taking care of the social emotional well-being of our children um, that's it hard stop end of End of the sentence. We are also obviously responsible for the academic well being of our children, but we have the great privilege of working with a population where we can really hone in on making sure that our kids are okay, first and foremost and our teachers have that mission first and foremost to develop relationships with their kids, um, to make sure that they're connected to the kids, to make sure that they get to know the kids and to take the time that they need to take to establish those um, relationships and routines that will allow them to then begin to teach them. And I think that that is kind of indirectly one of the big lessons that we learned when we pivoted to remote learning in March. We just pivoted we went we took a week off right. um, and then we went for it and we didn't do any of the things that we know we're supposed to do at the beginning of the school year um, because it wasn't the beginning of the school year right we, had, we were already well into the school year and so for sure we learned a ton from march through june um, but we still certainly have a lot to learn and i'm sure we're going to learn a lot as we begin the school year as well
0: my my sense was that certain things that made the school day feel sort of orderly, uh, announcements, uh, uh, all school grade meetings, things of those things of that sort, that we we committed. Okay, we don't know quite how to do that yet, but we're going to do it when we're in March and April. Okay, and that kids kind of got they 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 transitioned all right. When we started doing those things, folks rallied a little bit, right? Okay, it feels a little more like a regular day, right? And and as we built in those social emotional opportunities, supports, contexts, all within Zoom, the, the experience of the students became a little bit more like, this still feels a little strange, but I think I think I'm there, like I'm getting into a rhythm of how to do this.
2: It's interesting that you bring that up because it's something, we always had a Monday morning assembly at school. And the whole school would come together on Monday mornings And we would do birthdays, we would do the Pledge of Allegiance and the Israeli National Anthem, um, and we would do other kinds of announcements, just what's going on in the school community. And we, I would say in maybe the second or the third week, we started doing that on Zoom and everybody showed up. Um, And the other thing that's really interesting, we are a Jewish day school, and so we have prayer services that are a part of our weekly experience as well, a Monday weekly prayer service and Shabbat service on Fridays. And I would say that in non-COVID life, those experiences were not necessarily a highlight of the week, right? It was not necessarily something that kids looked forward to. and. What we noticed as we're also a a school that's connected to a larger synagogue and what the synagogue experienced was this phenomenon of people really leaning in, right? Attendance at different events at the synagogue increased and attendance at our services during the, the school day also really people showed up. Right? You could easily not show up to class or to services or to whatever. And that Monday service and that Friday Shabbat service, not only were our kids showing up, but they were showing up with their parents. Mm-hmm. And so I absolutely agree with you that having those moments to come together as a community during these times of pandemic, as well as, as um issues around social injustice um, came out became really important times for the community. And we were fortunate that they were kind of naturally baked into our week and kind of the rhythm of our school day.
1: I think that's so true. I experienced that as well. And I keep experiencing that. We're actually a week ahead. We just started school last Monday. So we've been in school for a week and um, you know, our very first PTSA meeting that we did on Zoom better attended than any ever any other PTSA meeting that we've had live in person. So, you know, we, we want to surface and talk about some of the good experiences we've had. I've been meeting all summer with the two other middle school principals here in Burbank. I can tell you, we've worked together for probably three years now and we had maybe gotten together, the three of us, twice a year before this. In June, we started kind of the end of, or maybe the middle of May, as we were talking about graduation and how we were gonna do those things, and probably beginning of May. We met every single morning, virtually, May, June, and then, you know, again, now we're on this routine of meeting weekly Uh, Because it's easy to do. You can do it from your office. You don't have to get in your car and meet somewhere and get away from your site or whatever you're in the middle of. You can just jump on a Zoom like this for 30 minutes. And my parent community, they're coming out in droves. You know, a meeting that we think is going to last 40 minutes. People are still on two hours later because they're just enjoying being together and seeing one another, even if it's only on the screen even my faculty meetings i can't get people off sometimes i'm like okay we really it's been two hours now um you guys didn't want to come to this in the first place but you know now you guys don't want to leave but that's something that i think the kids feel as well um this first week of school i know when i went into some of the virtual classrooms they're there they're ready to go they're they're connecting in this virtual way and I think it's more familiar for them because they have been doing some of this um, you through video games and all the other right. uh, different ways they've been connecting virtually before this pandemic. It's a little more natural for them and they seem to be fitting into it easier than some of our adults.
2: And I'll echo that Jennifer. We actually uh, really felt the energy from our community during the school year and made a concerted effort and a shout out to our parent association as well to make sure that that connection continued over the summer. And it really played out beautifully where there were events for families as well as for parents. Um, And those points of contact really made a difference where that energy just continued to evolve. And the same is true for faculty. Um, And it's been really interesting. And I agree with you, the ease with which you can connect um right we likely wouldn't be doing this right now if we had to meet up someplace it's too difficult and there are too many competing interests and traffic and all of those types of things and i think that both the personal connections and the professional connections it's not as if i wouldn't give back the pandemic in a heartbeat because i would um but the silver linings aren't lost on me either
0: yeah that's a that's a huge takeaway for for me and one of the ways in which I try to help uh, colleagues, uh, friends, sort of recontextualize what we're experiencing. Sure, it's totally different. And there are parts of it that, hmm, not sure I'm liking that. Okay, but but there are aspects of being live that also are not, are not great. There are learners who do far better in the live environment. There are learners who do far better in the distance environment, which now that we've seen it is... Crystal clear to, to me. But I mean I, I think you know an important takeaway for listeners here is whatever your school context, however old your kids are, set aside regular time in your Zoom calendar if you're distance to lean into building community, reinforcing social emotional skills, and kind of weaving the thread together because there are people who are really struggling in this time for a for hundred reasons, not just because we're, we're, we're distance, right? Um, and what the school can do to enhance and develop and reinforce community and its core values, critically important.
1: I have to tell you that of course we were concerned about how do you build community how do you um build that classroom culture with students you've never met before that right. you're only ever going to see virtually we we have sixth graders coming to our school for the first time it's all virtual so tuesday morning second day of school for us my cooking teacher frantically texts me her internet's out at home oh no can't get on her google classroom you know we've we've told all the kids and families leading up to this, you know, you've got to be on, it's a live instruction at 8 a.m. You've got to be on at 8 a.m. to be counted present, you know. So, and then of course we're discovering all the flaws that because she can't get on Google Classroom, she can't make me a co-teacher. So anyways, we work it out. I get on her her Google Meet, her classroom, say we're using this Meet code. The kids all jumped over, joined the class, sixth graders, joined the class, pretty much were there on time, and now I'm just making it up, or I'm stalling until she arrives at school, because she's driving over to school, so I'm stalling. So I'm like, okay, you guys, tell me one thing you like to cook, or have cooked before, it's a cooking class. And so I just called on each student as their name appeared, and I'm telling you, in just that short interaction with each of those kids, you know they all oh some kids like mm, the, the one thing that i can cook the best is cereal you know like just you know cute <laughs> like, oh i know you <laughs> i i know this kid and and just in this short amount of time that i had with them until she got there i really felt like i was getting to know them um, and so this big fear i had for all of the teachers and all the kids is how are they going to establish these relationships and I was just amazed at how quickly I was able to get to know these kids a little bit in my few minutes with them and how they got to actually know me when, I'm sure that as sixth graders, they could have gone to my school for a year and not even had a one-on-one conversation with me, right, with 1,100 kids. They wouldn't come up to me, most of them, at lunchtime and say anything. So it was, it was a nice, a really nice experience for me.
2: Well, and one of the things that we discovered, and I'm sure that you guys have the same experience last year, is what a what an incredible vehicle Zoom is for our more introverted kids, right? right. We were able to we got to know some of our kids over the course of three months better than we had over the course of three or four or five years, um, because they were in a position where. Um, they were more comfortable and where they were accessible in a way that they never would have been if we had never been in this environment Um, and we got to see different facets of kids that I don't think we ever would have seen if we hadn't migrated to this environment Um, and just the chat feature for instance right? right and the ability for kids to be on screen or off screen Um, i think has and i think another feature that's so interesting for us was parents having a bird's eye view both into our teachers classrooms as well as into their students learning i don't i think our our parents have always valued our teachers um, but i don't think they ever could have valued our teachers the way that they do now having seen them in action the way that they've had the opportunity to see them and likewise, I don't think that they ever could have understood their students as learners the way that they do now, having seen them in, in the way that they've seen them.
0: Yeah, I think yes. that's
1: so true. Yeah. I think as school leaders, we've all you know, worked all summer to prepare. And what you said, Hannah, is absolutely true about all teachers. They worked all summer getting ready um, and learning new technologies, and some of my teachers were practicing Zooms and Google Meets with one another. The ones who hadn't really used it much before, you know, they've really put in a lot of work. It's for some of them, it was a steep, steep learning curve, and we are still learning and getting better. But everyone's put in a lot of work to make this the best it could be.
0: I have seen more teachers in more schools make more. Professional growth in it's it's sort of your point about I, I learned more about that learner in three three months of of distance than I did in five years of life, right? There isn't there isn't a teacher that I know that isn't in full PD mode while also prepping classes, while also thinking about how are they going to create an environment in that classroom that really nurtures the wide range of learners that all of our schools have. All, all of our Every school has a wide range of learners from a variety of different perspectives and needs. And if we're gonna be in this kind of an environment or if we're gonna be live, but in a framework of socially distanced, six feet, masked all day, right? Teachers behind plexiglass. Well, that's not how we do things. Right, our teachers roam, and you know, I, I, when when I'm 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 you know I'm bending down to get to table height when I'm teaching, fifteen times a class, right up in there, right because my classes are hands-on classes, right. You can't do that, so how do you leverage it in to the new environment? And yeah.
2: I, a lot of people have asked or commented on how unfortunate the timing is for me to become head of school now, right? Like, oh, that's just awful. And they feel bad. And it's funny because, again, I'm not suggesting that I wouldn't give it back, right? It's not exactly ideal, but the truth is, it's kind of amazing. Like it Mm -hmm. is what is happening right now in education and the the momentum and the pace with which things are changing and the innovation and the energy and i just wrapped up with my faculty this morning like they are doing such incredible work and the the what we're doing together is so exciting um and so again is it i mean the working around the clock and then not knowing what to anticipate and the pivoting on a dime. I could use a little less of that, but the fact that you, I mean, it's so exciting at the same time and everything that you guys are saying, it's also just like an amazing time to be an educator. And I, I talked to my faculty about this as well. Heidi Hayes Jacobs talked about not going back to school, but going forward to school and, and, I think it's my great hope that we don't lose all of this learning that we're doing, that when we do actually get to go back to normal, that we don't go backwards and that we keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, I've I've used opportunity framing in my community. Let's, this this is a weird time. Let's use the opportunity of it to look at questions that maybe we wouldn't have foregrounded. Like, let's look at assessment. We don't want to be giving the same kinds of assessments we gave live in this kind of an environment. Well, how can you do mathematics or science or history or, it doesn't matter. How can you do assessment in those frameworks that's radically different? In the middle of the high school context, right? I had this
1: exact conversation with my assistant superintendent today about where we just said, how long have we been trying to integrate technology and have some of these deep conversations about assessment? We brought that very thing up, you know, and we made so little progress in the last five years, and now we've got to do it, and guess what? People are doing it.
2: Yep. Yep. There, you know, we read a lot about PTSD um, and there apparently is also a phenomenon called post traumatic stress growth. Um, hmm. And I think that's also an interesting frame where you can you can go the opposite way from the stress and from the trauma and that idea as well to your point, Jennifer, right like, How hard have we tried to do what we have managed to do in the past couple of months and how can we continue to leverage that energy because unfortunately I think it could be equally easy to just let it all go when this is over and my great hope for us is that we continue to grow forward and not shift back into those old bad habits.
1: Well, and I think this is exactly what we want to capture in real time. Right. Here's this moment where we're starting it out. What does it look like what's going Well, what's, you know, what, what are the obstacles. What are the stumbling blocks. How do we overcome them. Um, What does it look like when we start planning for that hybrid model going back to school, maybe with face masks and then a year from now. What does it look like. Can we look back on this episode that we recorded today and say, well, did we hang on to some of those great things that we learned or did we just disregard them all and go, oh, thank goodness, we're going back to school in person. Now we can just forget everything that we learned in this time, right? I think everyone I've spoken to agrees, we don't want to forget these lessons that we're learning. And so that when John and I were talking about that, that the, the second half of this season, how we wanted to just capture this moment and record some of these things right now so that we can look back and remind ourselves of the growth that's happened and hopefully some of the lessons we've learned that we will hang on to
0: exactly hannah you think you might be willing to come back and talk to us again in maybe say 12 weeks or something
2: i'd consider it john
0: you'd think about it yeah i mean i'm not sure i would want to talk to jennifer and me frankly <laughs> but you did it once and you've done it for for what? Thirteen years now.
2: I was right? going to say I keep coming back. I think yeah. I think yeah. I might consider it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Were you Were you ten when you started UCLA? Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Um, well, the beginning. For a
0: final point.
1: The beginning of this episode, I just want to say, really sounded like a commercial for Hannah's school. So um, you definitely need to come back, so we can start to explore more of your flaws as a human.
2: (laughs) They are are many. It won't be hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, in in our in our close knit UCLA peer group, it's generally acknowledged that Hannah's the best of us. So I know it's true. It's fine.
1: My new motto for the year I told my staff today is my personal motto is stumbling towards excellence. That's my motto for the year.
0: And uh, on that note, Hannah, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me guys.
0: And uh, folks uh, listening, there'll be a new episode next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.
1: Bye.